Welcome to the All People's Church Sunday podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more messages and resources, please visit allpeoples.com or download our free All People's Church app. intense. Good morning, and this is my first chance to wish you a happy new year. So happy new year. And uh, let's start it off right with something funny. Three uh, boys were kind of competing, comparing whose father made more money. So the first boy says, well, my dad's an attorney. And in just one hour in court, he makes $1,000. They're like, wow. Next boy goes, well, my father is a surgeon. And in just one hour of operating, he makes $2,000. went, wow. The last boy goes, well, my dad's a pastor. And after just 30 minutes of preaching, it takes six people to carry out all the money he brings in. <laughs> all right, let me try one more on you. This is a short one. Uh, a little boy was not getting good grades in school. So one day, he really surprised his teacher. He tapped her on the shoulder and said, um, teacher... Uh, I don't want to scare you, but my dad says if I don't start making better grades, someone's going to get a spanking. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, wh- one other event, I was, we've been talking a lot about World Mandate West. I can't ask you enough to be there because of the powerful time we'll have as a spiritual family. Uh, but one uh, other event I want to invite you into We want to lay the foundation right as a spiritual family. I'm going to be talking about that this morning in my message. But one of the ways we can do that is unifying together and setting aside time to pray. Uh, Martin Luther King Day, important day in our nation. Uh, Very important right now with what's going on ethnically and racial tension. We're going to set aside Martin Luther King Day for an all-day prayer vigil at our offices. Um, And when I say all day, I mean all day. We're going to go from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. If you can't be there the whole time, I totally understand. There are probably not many that could, but join us for some part of the day. So many of us will be fasting, but from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., we will be in the auditorium where we had our New Year's Eve service, 5555 University Avenue, 
just two blocks south of here, seeking the Lord all day. We'll have prayer and worship. Be a part of it someday. Many of you will have off, so join us for a long time. We won't have child care, so just bring your children. We want them to learn to soak in the presence of God and to pray. We'll be doing different activities and prayer, but we'll really be praying for healing in our church, in our country, uh, and specifically in our nation at this time, and we'll be setting aside this year for the Lord. Amen? So looking really forward to that, and, and one of the one of the things in regards to this racial reconciliation, and that's not all we'll pray about, but it is something we want to pray about on Martin Luther King Day. We're having J.T. Thomas come into World Mandate. On Saturday morning, he'll be the one speaking to us. He led the response uh, to Ferguson. He actually started the prayer tent and prayer rally in Ferguson. Whenever there's a chaos, the people of God need to run to it, not from it. And so he led the charge. I don't know if we have a, a slide of, of JT or if we can just look him up. Uh, JT, very powerful uh, voice in the prayer movement. He's an African-American brother uh, who's a, a young guy, kind of an older millennial, who's really being used powerfully in, in a voice to our nation of what God wants to do in unifying the body of Christ and bringing every kindred, nation, tribe, and tongue before the throne. He has a tremendous revelation. I don't want you to miss that, and I think he has an important thing to deposit into this spiritual family and our family of churches. Let's jump in this morning. I, I'd usually equate my sermons, the way that God speaks to me, to preach to you as getting in a boat and getting on a river and having one stream and one flow that we drift down towards the destiny and the, the destination that God has for us. This morning, I'd paint it in a different way. We're going to take more of a helicopter tour. We're going to hop in that helicopter, climb up to a height, and then land in several different spots to see several different vistas that God has for us to look out. Kendall talked about last week that we seek the Lord for a word for the year. That's what we do. I love New Year's uh, because God always gives us new words for what this year is going to be about. As I went to seek the Lord, uh, and I usually ask for one word, the Lord didn't fit in my box, surprise, surprise, and he gave me three words. And so I want to quickly unpack those three different words to you, to our spiritual family this morning. We're going to begin uh, looking in scripture at Matthew 16, verse 13. Matthew 16 says this, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples... Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The first word I want to share with you that I believe God is speaking to us for 2017 is this is a year of laying foundations. 
This is a year of laying foundations. If you have the chance to take notes, I'd encourage you to. We passed out a a sheet of paper. We'll be looking more at that. You could take notes on the back. If you need a pen, would you go ahead and raise your hand? I'm going to send ushers down the aisle. You're going to need a pen for this. We're going to ask towards the end of the sermon for everyone to fill out this this piece of paper to actually help us lay foundations. Uh, Keep your hand up until a pen is placed in your hand. If you don't have one this morning, just keep your hand up and I'm going to keep preaching. As I was studying the commentaries on this passage in Matthew chapter 16, what I understood was that archaeologists in excavating Caesarea Philippi have not done the same extensive work that they have in many other ancient biblical sites. But what they do see when they go to the area of Caesarea Philippi is across from the city is a large stone Uh, mountain. It's a large stone uh, reaching up uh, many feet into the sky. At the bottom of it is a cave. From that cave flowed an ancient river. It was the actual headwaters of the Jordan River. At the foundations of this stony place, Philip actually built a temple to Caesar. So when Jesus is talking about a rock, And upon this rock, I'll build my church. He and the disciples and and these people that were hearing his message were looking at this large outcropping of stone upon which was a temple made to Caesar. So just think about this mental image that was put in their minds when they were seeing this, a, a stone that you could build a temple on. Peter gives this confession when asked, Who is Jesus? Now, I think it's interesting that that Jesus, in this teaching, used a question. I I was studying that some this week. Do you know that teachers, educators, say that one of the most effective ways of teaching is not just directing information and downloading information into people, but actually uh, through asking questions? Why, Why is that so powerful? You know, I I can just tell you things, and you could just apply them to to rote memory, but when I ask you a question, you actually have to dig into the recesses of who you are and say what you believe. That's why we do discussion in life groups. Some people say, well, why not just do more Bible study where someone's just coming and teaching and teaching and teaching? Teaching is really good, but when we actually do a discussion in a life group, we actually find out what do you believe about what the Scripture says. Right, Because all day long we can hear teaching and some of it we agree with and some of it we don't agree with. But when we ask you a question, we actually find out what's in your heart and what you've treasured in your mind. So Jesus comes to this unbelievably important teaching and asks the question, who do you say that the Son of Man is? And they say, well, uh, some say John the Baptist. Let me, let me just propose to you that these different names that they give would stand for several different meanings or several different symbols that people want Jesus to be for them. So he says, some say John the Baptist. John the Baptist would symbolize a return to the law. People had drifted from the law. John the Baptist comes saying, repent. He comes saying, repent, which means turn back. And the other thing that John the Baptist would stand for is a confrontation of ungodly uh, political leaders. 
You know, those are two things that people come to and, and, and want in life. Well, we, we need to go back to kind of our religious system, or we need someone to stand up to the ungodly uh, leaders of our day. Those are good, but not the only thing that Jesus was coming for. Another one, he says, well, some say that uh, he's Elijah. Who was Elijah in the Old Testament? Elijah was a miracle worker. He moved mightily in the power of God. A lot of people come to Jesus just because they want a miracle. He said, some say Jeremiah. Who was Jeremiah? Jeremiah was foretelling the future. A lot of people come to Jesus, so they come to church, they're just like, I, I just want to know what's going to happen in the future. I want to read my Left Behind books. I want to know, you know, what's going to unfold. Jesus says, well, who do you say that I am? Can I just tell you who you say Jesus is? is the most important thing you'll ever say in your whole life. It's the foundation on which you'll build your life upon. If you look at that word, who do you say, it's the Greek word lego. Not lego my ego, but lego, which means to affirm, maintain, to teach, to speak of. You know, you, you teach what you truly believe. What do you believe about Jesus? What you believe about Jesus is what you will build your life on. When he said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God, he said, you're the anointed one, you're the Messiah, you are the only one who has actually come from the Father. Jesus says, blessed are you. And you're now a rock, right? He's looking at this rock, this Rock, this massive rock out of Caesarea Philippi, and they're looking at this, and he goes, now, that's who you are. When you have this confession that Jesus is the one and only, that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is sent from God, then your life becomes built on a rock. Can I just tell you, starting out 2017, you want your life built on a rock, and that rock is Jesus, and we want this church built on a rock, and that rock is Jesus. I'm really excited to do a series coming up. I, I, I went away and sought the Lord on what do I preach on beginning 2017, and I know there's so many different things that we could get help on, that we could advance in, but I felt like the Lord called me to do a series called With Jesus. I felt like he was saying the most important thing you can give to your people is how to actually live your life with Jesus. So if they get Jesus, they'll get everything else that he has for them. That brings me to my second word. I'll return to foundations in a minute, but the second word is friendship. I felt like God said, this is a year of friendship. I uh, was in Santa Barbara with some, some friends uh, out in the country north of the city. On New Year's Day, it was uh, cold and, and, and blustery day, some moisture in the air. It was not the kind of day that you want to go out and take a walk, but on New Year's, maybe more than any other day, I, I, I so want to hear what God has to say to me. And so I bundled up, I put my hiking boots on, I, I put a big, thick coat on, I look like Grizzly Adams. I, uh, I, I you know, I, I get out and I'm walking, I, I, I drive my truck up a hill, and so I'm up on this mountain and there are these spots where it's just barren. And it was absolutely miserable. The wind was just whipping uh, 
through this hill, and my face is just getting uh, just, um, I don't even know the word, just pelted by this, this kind of rain coming. And I'm crying out saying, Jesus, this year I need you. Jesus, I'm, I'm so desperate for you. I don't care if it's miserable. I don't care how cold it is. And I'm not one of those like hot-natured guys. Like I'm, I'm freezing. I, I always have to tell people cold hands but a warm heart when I shake their hands. My hands are always cold and my nose like turns like Rudolph when I'm walking. But I'm walking and I'm calling out to Jesus. I so want you here on this walk with me. And in a, in a moment, I feel his presence. Have you ever felt the presence of God? You know that the presence of God is a real thing? You know, I, I grew up in a church that never talked about the presence of God. So the first time I, I felt the presence of God, it scared me. I actually jumped up and ran away from the room I was in because I was so scared of the presence of God. I'm serious. I jumped up, I ran, I dove in bed, I pulled my covers over my head. I went, Lord, I'm so sorry. What, what's going on here? You know, I'm, I'm walking on that trail, the wind is blowing, it's, it's cutting into my face, and I start feeling the presence of God, that warmth, that, that energy, that electricity that you start feeling. If, if you haven't felt the presence of God, I want to tell you, Psalm 16 says, in his presence is fullness of joy, at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And, and soon that presence of God, I mean, it, it was heavy on me. It felt like a weight on me, but a good weight, a warmth in me. And the wind that was cutting, the rain that was hitting my face, the uncomfortableness of walking on this, on this trail, everything started to subside compared to, like my outer reality starts diminishing as this inner reality of the realness of walking with Jesus starts just overflowing in me and praise is just coming out of my inner man. I, I, I tell you, I so long for you to experience that if you haven't. I so long for you to understand how real Jesus is. Do you know he's not a religion? Do you know that when, when Peter says this confession, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, it's right after Jesus said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. He's saying, beware of religion. Beware of thinking that church is just one little segment of your life that you do one and a half hours on a Sunday. No, Jesus is your everything. Jesus wants to walk with you. Jesus wants to be your friend. He wants to be more real to you than rain hitting your face and wind cutting in to your body. He wants to walk with you at work. He wants to walk with you at home. He wants you to be washing your dishes and going, wow, I love washing my dishes with Jesus. I love walking to school with Jesus. I love sitting in my cubicle with Jesus. I love driving my car. Bring on the bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic because it's more time with Jesus. You know, you get to live with Jesus. I'm so excited about this, these upcoming months of unpacking this. We're going to look at different glimpses in the Gospels about what it means to live with Jesus, what it means to talk with Jesus, what it means to heal with Jesus, what it means to befriend people with Jesus. You know, the, the, the interesting thing is when you become really close friends with Jesus, it actually makes you 
a great friend to other people. And you're going to find that you're going to have great friendships. We did this series uh, last fall called Relational Reformation. And this interesting thing that surprised me, I, I shared a message called True Friendship. Anybody remember that message? A lot of you shouldn't because half of you weren't there. It was the smallest day of the whole fall. It was the day after Thanksgiving. And I was so, I, I knew that. That's always the case in our church. But I was so bummed because I was like, this is going to be, this is such a word from the Lord. But only half of our church is here. And, and with only half our church here, the message, God just did something, highlighted it. It went to about 8,000 listens. Okay, that's, that's about seven times the size of our church. All right, why? Because friendship is on the heart of this generation. This is what people long for. Friendship is the most precious commodity we have on earth. It's the only thing we can take to heaven is people. Have you thought about that? Friendship's the one thing you can take to heaven. Uh, that's, I believe that this year is a year of friendship. Number one, friendship with Jesus. Number two, friendship with others. You've heard me say numerous times, I'm believing for every person in this church to have two strong friends. And you, you're welcome to have more. Okay, I'm not limiting you. You're like, bummer, I don't want to be in this church, I only get two. No, you can have 20, but I, I'm, I'm determined, I'm praying for everyone to have two actual covenant friends. And you probably shouldn't have 20 covenant friends. You don't have that capacity. But two Jesus-type friendships. So I'm, I'm, I'm on this mountain, and you know, one of the things that friends do is they talk to each other, and they, they talk about the future, and I'm walking, I'm sensing the presence of God, and then I just start thanking Jesus for the words he had spoken to me in 2016. And some of you remember, if you were here in the beginning of 2016, the Lord had spoken to me that this would be a year of breakthrough, that 2016 would be a year of breakthrough. And boy, was it a year of breakthrough for our church. Now, I'm talking about a corporate year of breakthrough. Uh, let me just tell you some of the breakthroughs. So, so he spoke to, to me that that would be it. We had ended 2015. Uh, we were in the red financially the whole year. We, we, by God's grace, got out of the red right at the end of the year. And 2016 was a year of financial abundance. So many of you... It, was put on your heart to start tithing, to start giving radically. We went from a church way below the national average in giving to way above it. Just God did something. Okay, why does that matter? You know why it matters? We were just able to give $10,000 to an orphanage in Mexico. We're All Peoples is building an orphanage right now. I don't know if you know this. Next week, we're going to two services. Our church is growing so rapidly in Mexico. We're going to two Sunday morning services next week in Mexico. We're able to, we were able to give to so many ministries, both All Peoples ministries, like uh, refugees in, in Greece. We're able to give to so many families in this area, in these schools. I mean, it's just amazing all the things that we've been able to do this year, but we've also given to numerous ministers and numerous different, different people that we're just in relationship with. I love that I had a pastor in town who leads a smaller church. He goes, hey, I just wanted to reach out to you and get some advice on a kind of computer that, that I could get. I need a new computer, and I know that you know. I mean, it's funny when someone's reaching out to me. If my staff knows me, they're like, what in the world? Uh, <laughs> bless that pastor. I am so not a tech guy. 
Uh, but it was so awesome to say, hey, I'm so glad you reached out because I, I want to, yeah, I, I'd love to, to tell you what kind of computer to get you. And in fact, I'd love to buy it for you. And so we, we bought that. And we just have, have been able to do numerous things like that because of the financial breakthroughs. Uh, incredible breakthroughs in, in what God has done with us. He brought us two amazing pastors this year. He brought us an amazing new college pastor. Uh, and, and we've had the most momentum reaching state campus that we have in our history now, which is awesome. 33,000 students. We want Jesus to visit San Diego State, right? We want Jesus. God's done. I told you in 2016, uh, we had a year breakthrough on Point Loma campus. We had a move of God. We had a little mini move of God among students with repentance, with power of God, with miracles, we had that happen in our church. We had some of the most dramatic miracles that our church has ever seen happen in 2016. Dramatic, medically verified healings. The only explanation is God in 2016. And all kinds of, of doors have been opening, uh, both in San Diego and around the world. And some of them I can't even share with you yet. I can't wait till I can. Uh, but God is doing amazing things in 2016. Here's what I know, though, is that God speaks to us. He gives us themes, but he also gives us directives. The Bible says that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he has already prepared for us to do in advance. So what's God speaking? While I was on this walk, one of the, the things that I felt led to do was go back to the cabin we were staying in, gather my family. I invited the other family that we were with and said, hey, do you want to go through this exercise? It's the exercise you have in your hand if you want to take this paper out. We did this exercise together because I wanted to bring my family into hearing the Lord so that they could be set up for blessing. I want my life to be on the foundation of the word of God. Do you know that the word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword? The word of God is powerful. And so here's what I know about this room right now is that there's two groups of people. Probably half of you go, I'm a New Year's resolution kind of person. Like, I love New Year's resolutions. I write them down. The other half is like, forget that. It just makes me feel discouraged because I never live them out, right? I want to lose 20 pounds. I gain 30 pounds, right? And I, I, let me just tell you, this isn't New Year's resolutions. Because if you just set a goal for yourself, oftentimes, then it's left to you to fulfill in your own man's strength. But if you get a word from the Lord, that word comes with power to accomplish his purposes. Luke 1.37, the angel says to Mary, because she's going, how in the world can I get pregnant and I've never been with a man? How can I be a virgin and conceive and give birth to the Messiah? And the angel says, no word from God will ever fail. Or the Greek says, no word from God is without purpose to fulfill that which it proclaims. This is how the Greek is actually translated. Can I tell you, if you get a word from the Lord and you'll walk out his directives, you'll see what happens. Can I just tell you, 2016, incredible year of breakthrough for me. But I want to tell you that every one of the breakthroughs, God had already given me marching orders to align myself with them, basically to put my sails up for the wind of the Spirit to blow me forward. So that's what I want you to do this morning. We're going to take this at the, end of the, at the end of our time here in about five minutes, and we're going to actually fill out this paper as foundations for this new year because I want you to live 
by the word of the Lord. A friend speaks promises to another friend. Jesus, your friend, wants to give you promises to live by. And let me just say that brings me to my, to my third word, and that's this. It's new beginnings. New beginnings. You know, some of you are skeptical to write down different, different goals. You're skeptical to write down different things because you're saying, you know what? 2016, that was a challenging year. Like, I kept falling into sin over and over again. Or it was such a discouragement. I dealt with depression. Or my marriage really struggled. Or I had a child walk away from the Lord. Or it was just wrecked with financial challenges. I just want to tell you and proclaim over you that 2017 is a year of new beginnings. It's a year of new beginnings. That's not my word. I didn't choose to go out and find that word. Like, I sat down on a rock. I climbed a hill several days ago. I climbed a hill and said, Lord, what are you saying for All People's Church for 2017? He said, it's a year of new beginnings. So let me just tell you, that word is over your life. When you get the word of the Lord, you might be an addict in 2016, but if God speaks a word over you, you can be set free in 2017. You might have been financially in the, in the pit in 2016. If God proclaims a word over you in 2017, you can be set free. God is a God of new beginnings. Where do we get this idea of writing down what God has said so we can then live that out? I'm just going to read this last scripture before we do this together. Habakkuk 2. I will stand at my guard post and station myself on the tower and I'll keep watch to see what he'll say to me and what answer I'll give as his spokesman when I'm reproved. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and engrave it plainly on clay tablets so that the one who reads it will run. For the vision is yet for the appointed future time. It hurries toward the goal of fulfillment. It will not fail, even though it delays. Wait patiently for it, because it will certainly come. It will not delay. So this is what I did. I, I came back from my walk where I had just been enjoying my friend Jesus. I had been meditating on what he had spoken to me the last year. I gathered my family. I asked my, my friend, the father of the, the other family we were with, do you want to do this? They said, yeah. So we sat down, our two families, in a nice living room with the fireplace burning, we pulled out a piece of paper and we wrote this, these different titles down. Now I wrote them for you so you don't have to copy them. And I said, guys, in Habakkuk, this prophet was talking about a man climbing up onto a wall and looking out. He was called the watchman. And he was listening and watching for things. And that's how we want to be in our relationship with God. God loves to speak to us. And so this watchman said, I'm going to climb up onto this tower and see what God has to say to me. And he's going to speak to me. I said, guys, God is going to speak to us. And now it might not be an audible voice. Some of us are unconfident in hearing God. I, I want to tell you, I didn't grow up in a, in a church that taught hearing God. So it was really challenging for me. You know, these kids that are growing up in our kids' ministry, I encourage you, always have your kids on Sunday mornings in our kids' ministry because they're getting trained to walk with God. This is not child care. What's going on in there is, is so much more important even than what's going on in here because we're trying to unlearn a, a bunch of bad behavior, and our kids have a fresh start. <laughs> so they're just getting discipled, right? They're getting trained to hear God. They're not dealing with the unbelief that we are. 
right? Children are just born believing. So we're just teaching them to hear God. We're teaching them to lay hands on the sick. We're teaching them to share the gospel. But I, I, I'm talking to them about hearing God and how God's just going to speak to our minds. Our hearts is probably something that will just pop into our mind. So we started by saying this. So go, go ahead and pull out your sheet right now. It said, first of all, we're just going to get a word from the Lord for 2017. So God, just what's a, what's a general thing you're speaking to me? It can be anything. Just whatever pops in your mind. So I'm just going to take a moment here. I want us to wait in silence. And then just whatever pops into your, to your mind. And, and here's how you know it's God. If it, if it comes with peace, right? You know, if the word is like punch your wife, that, that's not, that, you know that's not it because that's not in line with the word of God. Now, women, if it says punch your husband, that might be from the Lord. No, I, uh, I'm totally kidding. You want it to line up with the word of God. You want it to come with peace. Now, it doesn't mean it might not come with conviction. But let's just take a minute. I'd love for everyone to just close their eyes for a minute. And I'm going to say, Lord, what's your word for each person in this room? We've talked about corporate words, but would you just speak a word to each person? Yeah, Stephen, maybe you can strum a little something on a guitar to help us focus. Not too good to distract us. All right, go ahead and just write down whatever came to mind. And let me just tell you, if you're like, wow, I need a lot more time. Like, I'm more of a crock pot kind of person, not a microwave spirituality. <clears throat> I'm going to walk you through this. My prayer would be that this would not be enough time for you. That you'd be a person. I, I, I go off and actually do a personal retreat. Uh, and, and spend a night away. A lot of people can't do that. But I'd encourage you to block off three hours to, to fill out the top part of this sheet, at least an hour. But I'm, I'm wanting you to at least write something down here just so you're getting practice in, in this. Next, we're going to move to spirituality, this top right corner of this sheet. And this is where I ask the Lord, God, what are you calling me to in growing in my spiritual life? This is the most important aspect of, prior, of priority in my life. So I ask the Lord, what should I read in the Bible? How much time do you want me spending studying the Bible? What's a prayer strategy? God gave me this new prayer strategy for 2017. I'm not going to share it with you, but I've had some of the best times of prayer of my whole life in these past several days as I started doing this new prayer strategy. What are you saying about journaling, what you're, what you're speaking? What are you saying about memorization? Is there a certain book that I need to read to, to spur on my spiritual life? Take a moment to just ask God and write down different things that come to mind.
right, I'm sure I'm not giving you enough time, but I want to keep going. Now move to the left side of the sheet. Go to family. This is going to revolutionize your family. If you're married, write down the word marriage first on, on number one. Your marriage is the foundation of your family. And what I do is I ask the Lord, how do I need to grow in my marriage? This is where Habakkuk says, I'm going to listen to the Lord's reproof. And I let the Lord correct me. I'll say, God, what areas do I need to grow as a husband? What areas am I not blessing Stephanie? You wives are smiling at me. It's funny. (laughs) You're like, thank you, Lord, for this teaching. My husband's about to get put in his place. Uh, This is good. I want to tell you, one of the reasons Steph and I have such a blessed marriage is because we always go off and ask the Lord to speak into our marriage. And he is good about rebuking this guy right here in marriage. So write down marriage. And then what I do is I write down each one of my children's names. So I'll write down Hallie, Hudson, Joshua, John Mark, and I'll say, what does each one of these need from me as a parent? If you're single in this room, write down your family of origin, your parents, your siblings, maybe a cousin that you live next to. Maybe you're totally removed from your family. You could write down the the people that you relate to as family. Let's just take a moment to ask God to speak to us. And it can also be practical. Like I wrote down, we need a a designated family night a week. Maybe you don't have a date night in your marriage. You can ask God for practicals as well. Let's take a moment to fill out this family quadrant. go through each one of these because it would take too much time. Obviously financially it's huge as we hear God and align our finances rightly then we set ourselves up in a place of blessing. So I seek the Lord on who I'm supposed to give to, what I'm supposed to say, anything about my my work life, physically, right? We hear about a gazillion different diets but what is God telling you to do physically? Right? So it's not just, oh, that sounds good. Everyone I know is doing Atkins diet, so maybe I should do it, you know? Or everyone's doing this, this thing or this thing. No, what's God speaking to you? Right? And, and so I want to know that. My diet, my working out, my sleep, I'm just trying to seek the Lord. I find that what He gives me is actually doable through His grace versus just self-strength. Let me go down to the the bottom box relationally. This is one of the most important things. First of all, friendship. Just write out that word, friendship. Put friendship hyphen. And I want you to spend just a couple minutes asking the Lord, who are two or three friends that you're supposed to really spend time with? You're going to become close friends with people you spend time with. Who's God actually speaking? Who's God highlighting that are the friends you're supposed to spend time with? Just take a moment to wait on the Lord about that.
next one, discipleship. Write down the word mentor, put a dash. Who do you look to, to right now? Who can you look to as your mentor? You might not meet with them every week. That'd be great if you did. But who's someone that you can go to and just kind of clarify, hey, I, I need you to speak into my life. Can I come to you on a somewhat regular basis just to pour into me? I believe every person, as long as I live, I'll have a mentor. I need someone wiser beyond me and the Lord to speak into my life. Who is that going to be for you in this next year, in 2017? You're guaranteed wisdom when you seek counsel. Then write down discipleship. Put a dash. Who is one person that you can invest in? Some of you have been able to invest in one person who's two or three people. We've built this church on these kind of relationships. in your head, just write them down. You know, sometimes it's not super clear for me, it's just kind of a feeling, like this person just pops in my head, or I'll have another thought and go, you know what, that doesn't feel that peaceful, that doesn't seem right, I won't write that down. Hearing the Lord is much more of an art form than an exact mathematical equation. And, and, and you might say, well, gosh, I don't know if that's the Lord. Let me tell you this. Faith is what's pleasing to God. My kids went out and did something to bless me. Even if they might not be doing exactly what I wanted, but they're like, Dad, look, I was trying to bless you. I wouldn't be like, man, you dumb kid. I wanted this. No, I'd be like, thank you so much. Right? Faith is pleasing to God. So we're writing faith responses. Let me finish with this one. This is the, the bottom right-hand one, and then that, that bottom portion of the sheet says serving. You know, the Son of Man came to serve, not to be served. If you want to grow in your spiritual life, if you want to be blessed in life, then you're going to serve. If you're part of All People's Church, I'm asking you to serve in some way. Now, you decide which way. Different ones were designed in so many different ways. I want you to look at the bottom, all these different ways. We have uh, so many ways that you can serve. I want you to take a minute to ask, how am I going to serve? If this is your family, you know, you'd never raise kids in a family and say, you're the one kid that doesn't have to serve. All you do is show up, everyone else is going to serve, but you kid, you got a hall pass from serving. Now, that, that produces a spoiled kid. That, that produces a kid that doesn't mature. Okay, If this is your spiritual family, then we're asking you to give to it. The, the great thing is God says, you give, it'll be given back to you. The people that are most fulfilled in the body of Christ are the ones who give to it. So I'm asking you unapologetically, knowing that it's going to bless you, to give in some way. Let's take a moment. You can see the bottom part, just numerous different ways. Why don't you ask the Lord how you can serve in 2017. I'm not asking you to serve in five different ways. I'm just asking you to contribute in one way or maybe two ways. Maybe some of you have the capacity to do two. But what way is God calling you to actually give to your spiritual family, the church?
right, and we're going to finish by saying this word together. Accountability. Say it with me. Accountability. The way that we actually live out the words that God gives us is when we share them with a trusted person. So we've got two forms of accountability here. Uh, after I do my personal retreat, I share those words. So for, for me, I did my personal retreat. I came back that evening and I downloaded it with Kendall as a person I walk in covenant relationship with. I said, this is what I'm sensing from the Lord. So he can know, he can pray for me, and he can hold me accountable. I want you to write on your sheet, somewhere on it, who you're going to share this with, what God's speaking to you. So they can carry you in their heart. They can pray with you, and they can even be a good gauge. Hey, sometimes I've come back and said, I think the Lord is saying this. I remember coming to, to one of my friends, my accountability partner in college, and going, God has called me to be a missionary in a tent in Tibet. And he goes, no, he hadn't. I'm like, really? He goes, no, that's not your calling. You're supposed to be a pastor in the United States. I went, oh, okay, cool. That's what I wanted to do. <clears throat> but I thought I needed to go sit in a tent in Tibet. I, I was so glad to have an accountability partner that actually helped me go, no, this is your gifting, not that. Who's your accountability? Who are you going to share this with? And, and on the bottom is another way of accountability. Here's what I wanted to ask you to do. On your way out, if you would, uh, we have scissors out there for me because I'm very gifted. I folded it and can tear a real straight line. I dare you to try to do straighter than me. Um, but on the way out, if you'd fold this, if you'd fill this out, a great way of accountability is not just thinking, I'll do this, but actually going. We're going to have different ministry leaders sitting out. I think we might even have a picture of what they're going to look like. Do we have a picture? Whoa, look at those guys. They're going to have signs. They're going to have a little orange bucket that they're going to be holding. And you can put this in their bucket and they will get a hold of you this week. Many of these ministries will be having an informational meeting next week at 8 a.m. before the services. But if you just fill this out, this would be a great accountability of a way that you could practically say, God, I'm giving you the beginning of the year by jumping in to serve in some way. Would you all stand up with me now? I want to pray a blessing over you as we start this year given to the Word of God. Lord, I thank you for my spiritual family. And I thank you that your voice is abundant. And God, I'm asking right now that the words you've spoken, that there would be faith that would combine with them and that 2017 would be a year of laying godly foundations. It'd be a year of friendship with Jesus and it would be a new beginning for my friends in this room, and we're believing truly, Lord, that the best is yet to come, that you have wonderful things for your children that you love in Jesus' name. If I could just get a few prayer team leaders, if you came with a major need, I want you to be able to walk up, some different life group leaders, just a few of you, if you come up front to be able to pray. Other than that, you're dismissed. Have a great Sunday, and we'll see you in a life group this week. God bless you.